Welcome to Informed Aging, a podcast about health, help, and hard decisions for older adults. I'm Robin Roundtree, a former family caregiver and now working with Alzheimer's and Dementia Resource Center. With me is my co-host, Edith Gendron, Chief of Operations for Alzheimer's and Dementia Resource Center, a Positive Approach to Care certified trainer and consultant, and a former family caregiver with well over 30 years of experience in the industry. The thoughts and opinions expressed on this podcast belong to Edith and I, not our wonderful employers and sponsors. So if you do want to get mad, get mad at us and not at them. Before making any significant changes in you or your person's life, please consult your own experts. Today, we're going to talk about music and dementia and how the two beautifully go together. We're going to dig in right after this. Senior Helpers is the only home care agency offering a revolutionary new way to approach senior care, the Life Profile Assessment. This data-based app is a crucial tool in helping seniors age safely and successfully at home. Combined with our proven in-home care programs and trained caregivers, the Senior Helpers Life Profile is leading the way to better outcomes for our clients. For more information, log on to SeniorHelpers.com. For over 37 years, the Alzheimer's and Dementia Resource Center has served as a central Florida-based grassroots nonprofit and community resource center dedicated to providing support and hope for families and individuals caring for someone they love who is living with Alzheimer's disease or other dementia-related illness. The ADRC empowers caregivers with the knowledge, support, skill, and strategies through a variety of programs to help them confidentially prepare for the challenges that lie ahead. To learn more, visit their website at adrccares.org. That's adrccares.org. And we're back. It's me and Edith and our co-worker from Alzheimer's and Dementia Resource Center, Ashley Gravatt. Now, Ashley has a bachelor's degree in voice performance from the Boston Conservatory and a graduate certificate in music therapy for Montclair State University. She's used music in many different care settings from skilled nursing, hospice, assisted living memory care, and adult day centers. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So I would assume that you have really seen the impact that music can have, especially with people living with some form of dementia. Absolutely. It's really astounding how music can tap into their who they are, you know, family members may not be able to have conversations with them. But the minute that you start singing a familiar song, they really come alive. They're able to have conversations later in the day or care is just easier. Wow. And Edith, is that because music and conversation are two different areas of the brain? Yes, in part, um, it is. We know through Dr. Sugaya, uh, Dr. Kim Sugaya, over at UCF. He is a neurosurgeon there in their school of medicine. He and his wife, who is a concert violinist, have Mm. done some amazing studies, um, actual research studies in the power of music over the brain or within the brain. Music, as Ashley says, can, without sounding too corny, soothe the savage beast, right? But it can also precipitate something called paradoxical lucidity. And that means your person is there. For Mm. those minutes, those moments, they are there. So Ashley uses that 
in her work with our people. She is also Positive Approach to Care certified, by the way. Yes. And um, Ashley, tell us about how, why you put together the music box and why it's going to be so great and how anybody that's listening could follow up with you to see if it's appropriate for their world. Sure. So um, I had this idea for the Music Box Initiative. We applied for a grant and now we're able to provide music for at-home care partners. Inside is going to be a booklet with information about dementia and music, tips and strategies, how to use a personalized recommended playlist that I will help the care partner put together. I'll interview them, talk to them about their preferences, and then recommend songs to download for them. And then the box will also have four different instruments that they can use with the person that they're caring for. And I've also recorded some videos to correspond with those instruments so that they can learn how to play them and ways to use them with the person that they're caring for. I'm so glad you do that, because I'm sure it could be overwhelming. We all like music, but then to use it, to communicate, that's a lot. <laughs> it is, it is, it is. What sort of what sort of instruments? Are you sending us a violin and a piano? Or <laughs> I wish that could fit in a box. But um, I'm... There's a variety of seven different types, and depending on where your person is in their dementia voyage, um, I may put in a tongue drum. This is a beautiful instrument that you really can't play incorrectly. It has seven notes on the pentatonic scale, and that is great for relaxation. So I might put that in. Um, I have a small frame drum that's great for rhythmic conversations. I'll explain how to do that in the video as well. There's a kashishi. This is an uh, African and Brazilian basket shaker, as they call it. That is a really fun. It has two different ways to play it. Uh, some wooden egg shakers, uh, wooden rhythm sticks, and a tambourine. So there's a variety of different things that you might be paired with, but each one will be intentional and give instruction. Right. And you don't have to have gone to piano lessons or played in the band or anything to use these instruments. Absolutely not. They're all things that are easy to use, pretty straightforward, and sound great together with recorded music or live music. Okay, so it's it's a way for them to have an instrument, and it's not like preparing to play a specific piece of music. It's to go along with and for the care partner and the person with dementia to interact with. Am Absolutely. I getting that right? Yes. You can have an egg shaker, they can have an egg shaker, and it's just adding another level or depth to the listening experience. So you're not just using the ears, you're using your body to interact with the music. Multisensory. Oh, that's a good word. <laughs> you, you bring up an important point though, Robin, using the ears. Some folks are much more sensitive to sound than others. Yes. Right? And we see that even on the spectrum. Um, and so when Ashley mentioned the egg shakers, I've commented, Ashley, those are very soft and quiet sounding. So they would be perfect for someone who doesn't tolerate loud noises. Mm -hmm. And Ashley also mentioned her um, drum her for rhythmic conversations. And that is useful even very close to the end because there's a piece of the brain on the right side. Those of us who are pack trained call that rhythm on the right. And that drum will facilitate conversations, meaningful conversations with your person. Even perhaps if you haven't had a meaningful conversation with them for three, four, five months. Wow. But that is one way to tap into that portion of the brain that is still working. 
That's incredible. Isn't, it is amazing. This is more than just a fun activity. This is real brain science. Yeah. So Ashley, because you've worked in, in senior living uh, communities, what are some stories of when you've really seen an impact of music making a difference? Wow. Um, there's a couple that, that come to mind when I lived in New York. And um, one of them is this gentleman who was pretty far into his dementia diagnosis. He was blind, unable to communicate often with his wife, and oftentimes sat at the nurse's station and just called out in confusion and help, help, you know, not knowing where he was or what was mm. going on. But um, I soon found out that he was a piano player at the Copacabana in New York City, played for the greats. And this is really valuable information to his care partners. So anytime I would come into his room, we would start singing songs and he would go from not knowing where he was or who he was to telling me which notes I was playing incorrectly or coaching me, training me, teaching me. So it turned into a lesson and not necessarily, you know, something that I was marking off of my to-do list, but he, we proposed it to him as, can you please teach Ashley how to sing these songs? And I came in acting like I didn't know, didn't know the songs. And so I always think of stormy weather when Mm -hmm. I think of him because he just came alive. He would move his fingers as though he was playing piano since he was blind and it was just really special. Wow. Wow. Or a person to go from helpless and not knowing anything to Zoom kind of in the moment and feeling like he's participating. That's quality yes. of life that we talk about all the time. Just through music is incredible. Well, it also allowed his wife when she would come in the afternoons to have a more meaningful visit with him because he was more aware he was having those moments of paradoxical lucidity and he knew who she was and they could have meaningful conversations when maybe they hadn't in a couple of weeks. Wow. It's an important point. Often, most often when we have achieved that paradoxical lucidity state with someone, it lasts for a while. It can last 20, 25 minutes, you know, something along those lines. And also when Ashley made him the expert you're so good at mm-hmm. this. I need your help. That mm-hmm. was the inference. Look at the power that that gave him and that what he could still do was very valuable. Yeah. So music will will reach into there almost always. My mother, who had no musical training, would have been very, very well served by, tell me about all the Broadway shows. And mm-hmm. she could have sung some of those songs for mm-hmm. you, that kind of thing. Right. So if a care partner is listening right now and going, well, I want to do this, um, should you go in with your phone and play your favorite songs or no? Of course not. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. It, you want to you know your person. You want to know um, their preferences. And if you don't know, a quick way to find out is to just know how, how old they, what year range it was when they were, you know, 15 to maybe 25 years old. And that was probably a formative time in music. Mm. And, you know, you can kind of get a good idea or have a place to start testing the waters and seeing how they're responding to songs that you play. There was this story about a man living in assisted living 
and they could not reach him. The staff were very dedicated, trying, and they just couldn't reach into this man. There was a real language barrier. Mm. And so they found out somehow, and I don't recall, that he had been in the military in Mm. the country that he was from. So they started playing military music from that country. It was a complete turnaround, complete change. He'd stand up, he'd walk, he'd Mm -hmm. interact. Didn't change the language barrier issue, but it certainly did change his level of awareness. Wow. Yeah. It's just amazing. 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 And it's a tool that anyone can use. Even if you're, you know, tone deaf and can't sing, we all have our phones in our hands. Absolutely. And can certainly pop up some music when we're visiting or just having time with our person. I think it's important, and I'm, I'm sure Ashley will agree, to know what music energizes your person, mm-hmm. calms your person. And here's one we forget about sometimes, makes someone sad. You know, because I always tell the groups when we're talking about this, don't play Ave Maria for me. Mm. Just don't do it, you know. (laughs) Um, So I think that's important. Do you agree with that, That's a great point. It's actually called the ISO principle and music's ability to alter our mood or um, just the energy in the space. And you can use that for arousing somebody if they're having a hard time getting going in the morning. Play Mm. some upbeat music to help them get in that mood to to get the brain working in that way. Same if somebody's really agitated in the afternoon. Use music to play something more calming, a lower something with a low tempo or a soft sounding song to help bring down their energy. We often talk about um, trying to interrupt distressed responses that we know might be coming, for example, you know, sundowning, mm-hmm. right? Sundown syndrome. And We often say the most powerful way to do that is to put on headphones for the person so they can kind of get lost in that music. Do you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. Putting headphones on is a great way to kind of focus their attention and their energy, but also playing it out loud for all to hear. Right. Better to to play than not, regardless of how you play. Right. Now, you had been talking about the Music Box Initiative that Mm -hmm. we're doing with the Alzheimer's and Dementia Resource Center. And this was grant-funded? Yes, the Pap Steinmetz Foundation grant. So that means uh, people in our area who are caring for a loved one at home can just have this sent to them? Well, you you reach out to me at ashley at adrccares.org, and then I will add you to the recipient list. We'll do a very short questionnaire. And then I will make a box tailored to you and the person that you're caring for. And then, yes, I can send it out from there or you can pick it up in the office. I'm so excited. I know we're going to get some great stories back from care partners being able to have a new way to interact and adding a little bit of fun. Yeah. And there's a section for notes in the booklet that comes with the box for you to document your process as you go along just to see what's working, what's not, how can I you know, change how I'm using the music and... Uh, share with us as well. That's and, and do you require, I think requires a fair word here, um, feedback at any point to, you know, for, for the grant reporting? Is, is that something yes. am I misremembering? No, that's correct. As, you know, a few months in, I will certainly call and check in and see how things are going. And maybe every couple of months just to gather data and see how is this helping our care partners and how can we make it better? And how far away does someone have to live from, I'm going to say, Central Florida, Orange, Osceola, Seminole, Brevard County. How far away are you able to work with them, do you think? If I can mail it to you, then I can send it to you. Okay. 
What we will do, it, you know, for those not in the Central Florida area who we're focusing on, we're going to put the links to the instruments uh, in our show notes and okay. maybe some information from you. And, yeah. you know, you can kind of use that because it's not hundreds of dollars for these uh, it, musical instruments. They, they are relatively inexpensive. Mm-hmm. Yes. Especially the little frog thing. <laughs> oh, yes. The, the croaking frog the croaking instrument. Frog, which right. is my favorite, but I can't get it to croak like Ashley does. <laughs> you do have a magical touch. Oh, thank you. So when you were working in, uh, in the communities, would you bring your guitar in? I know you have many instruments that you play. Yes, I would bring the guitar in. I would have a plan or a session planned out for them. You know, every song that I would sing had a purpose, whether it was to meet certain goals, whether it was a physical goal or a goal just to reminisce together. But I would bring my guitar, I would bring some instruments and have a playlist ready to go to elicit special moments with them. I love it. And I know that you've told me in the past that you've always been singing, but I love that you have taken the skill that um, you were born with Mm -hmm. and you have studied it, you love it, and that you're using it to make a difference. Yeah, I I knew I wanted to do music from a young age. My grandfather, actually, how it got started, he bought a piano for me because I was interested in his organ as a young child, and so he paid for a year's worth of piano lessons and provided a piano for my family and they quickly realized piano wasn't my thing but my my teacher was like she needs to start voice lessons and so it kind of started from there but after I graduated college I think I wasn't sure how I wanted to use it and I just happened to get a job at Mass General Hospital working with seniors and my grandmother was in hospice at the time and was visited by a music therapist. And I mm. said, oh, my gosh, it really bridges the two things that I love. I love working with seniors. I always have. And then I have this music background. I had no idea what music therapy was. I didn't know that it was a profession. And literally by the f- spring of that year, I had started my training at that at Montclair State University. Um, so it was really. I love that. Special. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful story, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so if they want more information about Music Box Initiative, they can email you. Could you give your email address again? Yes, it's Ashley, A-S-H-L-E-Y, at A-D-R-C-Cares, C-A-R-E-S dot org. Excellent. Please make sure to subscribe to our podcast, Informed Aging, and tell your family and friends about us. You can find us on Instagram, informed underscore aging. And then there's facebook.com slash informed aging. Today's episode was recorded at Digital Broadcasting's podcast studio. That's it for now. We're looking forward to our next visit.